Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez here on Zoom with Aaron Keller. And today we are lucky enough to have the Game Division Administrator, Mike Scott. And then we have the first ever female biologist with Endow, Carrie Hubner. Thank you both for being here. It's great to have you. And Carrie, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> well, at least with Women's History Month, we've been, been getting to talk about my career a lot. It's been great. Exactly. And this week's exciting. We were talking before about this right before we started. It's, we have Women's History Month, which we've done a number of podcasts just trying to inspire women to get outdoors, whether it's hunting, hiking, whatever it might be. We just want to encourage women to get outdoors by showcasing all of the wonderful women there are in conservation, Carrie being one of them. But on top of it being Women's History Month, the big game application period, which all hunters look forward to all year long, opens on Monday. That's March 22nd. So it's an exciting week. We have a lot to get into, which is why we have Mike and Carrie here. But we wanted to start with you, Carrie, and just talking. I mean, that's huge. You are the, I didn't even realize it. I feel bad saying that you are the first female game biologist at Endow. So do you just want to go into your story and Mike, feel free to chime in at any point. <laughs> okay. Yes, well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny when people put it that way, because I certainly didn't intend to be the first female game biologist. I was just following my heart and passions, and, and this is where it led me. But um, I, when I was about 17, I heard, heard of the James Lathrop Memorial Scholarship. And what that is, is it was a scholarship offered to high school seniors that wanted to go into wildlife management. And instead of just giving you money, um, they actually uh, would, you would get employment um, during the summers with the department until you graduated. And so I received that in 1994. And, um, and so I got to work in, in, for the department for those four summers while I was going to school. Um, I started at, at University of Nevada, Reno, and then midway through transferred to University of Wyoming where I graduated. And in, during those four summers, Back then, they were trying to just give you as much exposure to the Nevada Department of Wildlife that they could. And so I worked in all um, three regions of our state. Um, I was from the Sparks area. So the first two years, I was out of, out of Sparks and, and Fallon area in the western region, then the eastern region, and then the southern region. So it exposed me to all over Nevada, and it was great. Um, I loved uh, seeing the uniqueness of our southern part of our state because I hadn't spent much time there. And um, they also were trying to expose you to as many different parts of the department at the time, um, law enforcement, water development, uh, diversity, did nighttime reptile surveys, et cetera. And so you could kind of see where, where you uh, wanted to head with your career. And I had always had a, had a heart and a passion for um, big game and, and um, outdoors and, and that. So I kind of knew that was the direction I wanted to, uh, to head, but my summers just solidified that for me. Uh, so then I graduated in 1998 and the scholarship was over and I got a, a job um, out of uh, Sparks as a Creel Census um, person that, that worked for fisheries division um, then. And soon thereafter, back 
back in those days when you wanted to work for the Department of Wildlife, um, you kind of went to work um, either at a fish hatchery or for the water development crew, which is where our, our administrator got his start as well. So, but I went the other route, um, a hatchery position came available at the Lake Mead Fish Hatchery. And so I went down there, um, I was there about 10 months and a job opportunity in Northern Nevada at Mason Valley uh, Fish Hatchery came open. So I went ahead and, and applied for that because I had kind of wanted to get back into Northern Nevada and where my family was and, and that. So um, I spent four years there uh, while I was applying for big game positions. And in 2003, uh, the area seven, eight, and nine game biologist position came open. That's in Northeast Nevada. And uh, anyway, I, I put in for that job and, and um, was able to, happy enough to be offered that position. And yes, I became the first female game bi area game biologist at that time. And it was like a, it was a little bit of a risk, I'm sure, for the department. Um, we had have never gone that route before. And like I said, it wasn't my intention to be a trailblazer. I just, I just loved what I did and, and couldn't wait to, to do the job. So um, I've been in the position ever since. Um, we'll probably retire in this position. So it's been a, a true pleasure and honor to work for the department for more than 20 years at this point. Um, it's been a very rewarding uh, career within Dow. And we all love working with you when I do get to work with you, like when you get to come on podcasts. So it's awesome to hear your story. And I love how you didn't really mean to be a trailblazer, but you became one. And here you are today. And um, I was act actually just asking, I was like, are you the only female game biologist? But we actually have quite a few now, right? Yeah. So the game division has been a little slower to have women involved in it. It's just, it's a you know, the job's pretty physically demanding and it takes a lot of independence. You're out in the hills a lot by yourself. So I just think it's taken a while for women to realize that they're capable of, of doing this job. And so we had a female um, veterinarian that was in the game division for a while. And now we have two biologists in the game, other biologists in the game division. We've got Heather on the Western side of the States that primarily works with bears. And then we've got area biologist uh, for management area 15, Sarah Hale, that recently joined us. So, so there's more of us now. It's, uh, it's interesting when I, I came over to the Eastern region, the only women in our building at that time were the administrative assistants, the ladies at the, at the front desk. And now we have, we have plenty of women in the office in our habitat division, diversity division. Um, we definitely uh, have integrated um, all throughout the all throughout the department and, and the region. And I'm realizing what a terrible question that was because I've worked with Heather. I've, I knew everyone you um, interviewed. We've even had Perry on um, back when she was our wildlife vet. So I encourage everyone to go back to our SoundCloud feed and listen to all of our different podcasts featuring those people. Um, Carrie, one thing we're going to get into, which is why we have Mike here too, is in a little bit, we'll get into the big game application period and just how easy it is for people to apply for tags and get involved in hunting. But before we move on to that, can you talk about just how easy it is? I guess not easy, but how, I guess encouraging more people to become biologists, especially women. Um, it sounds like it's a route you're happy you took. And like you said, we don't have a lot of female game biologists. Yeah, it's a very satisfying job. Um, as a game biologist, you're responsible for big game as well as upland game. So you're working with sage grouse and chucker and Hungarian partridge. 
partridge. Um, I get to manage dusky grouse and a little bit of sharp-tailed grouse, and and it's there's a it's highly variable, and that's what really appealed to me. I've never been a person that could have the type of job where you're making widgets every day. I really enjoy a variety, and my job is so diverse. I mean, some days. I'm out in the hills just driving around, never even see another person, viewing wildlife, just loving the outdoors. And then there's other days where I'm on a field trip with a group of landowners and, and other agency folks, um, and we're working through, you know, trying to find common ground on, on grazing decisions on our public lands. And so it requires, it's kind of an a interesting uh, dichotomy that it requires somebody that has a lot of independence, but also really helps when you can work well with people and social um, environments. And, you know, of course, then there's, you know, during quota setting, we're uh, making recommendations in that and working with our local county wildlife advisory boards. And there's just, it, on any given day, for example, today, I'm doing the podcast this morning and as soon as we're done, I'm gonna go meet the helicopter and we've got a capture going on this afternoon. And then this weekend, I'm probably going to be doing my aerial surveys with the helicopter, um, classifying deer. So it's a very, very, you just never know what the day's going to bring. And, and most of the time we're out and about and it's just, it's a really satisfying way to, to spend um, your career. So I would encourage any, anybody, young women or just anybody that loves the outdoors and has a passion for Nevada's wildlife um, to, to consider a job um, in, in any division at the um, department, but in particular game, it's just, it's a very satisfying career. Aaron, were you going to say something? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're super happy to have Carrie where she's at. And I just wanted to ask Mike real quick before we go to break is how important do you think it is to have Carrie in her position? I mean, she helps with like the women's only and some career days in Eastern region is she has a pretty big section of Nevada that she covers. How important is it to, for her, for you to have a, a woman in her position such, such highly regarded? Oh, I think it's fantastic. I, I, I'm, I'm proud and, and I feel really fortunate that I've got to work with Carrie for as long as I have. Um, and, you know, listening to all the fun things she gets to do makes me jealous that, that I'm no <laughs> longer in the field. Um, uh, if she wants to trade me positions, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. But, um, you know, honestly, it's, it's, it has been a pleasure. An important part of the state. Um, you know, she's, she has a, a, a ton of elk, a ton of deer, um, you, you know, she talked about all the other resources that she's responsible for. Um, and, and she has to deal with some really controversial issues, uh, dealing with different landowners and, and, you know, a lot of the public, um, you know, it, it, we look at her and, and, you know, a lot of people see female, but we see another biologist and somebody that we can rely on, somebody that we can count on and, um, you know, I, I just, you know, it, it has been a pleasure to have her in the game division for as long as she's been. And, um, you know, she's, she talks about the end of her career, um, which I hope is, is further in the distance than, than maybe she thinks it is. But um, anyway, it's, it's fantastic to have her working in the game division. And I like that you said that it's, you said it, we don't really see her as a female. We just see her as another biologist, which it's true. So. Well, we do, we rely on each other and, and, you know, I, I was in the field for a long time and, and I knew if I needed some help, I could call Carrie and she could be here tomorrow and she'd be flying with me or helping me trap animals or, 
or build fence or whatever it, it required. And, um, you know, like I say, I, I, I feel fortunate that, that I got to work alongside with her for this many years. Yeah, I think it's important um, to note that, yeah, we see Carrie as a biologist, but she is a woman. And so having a woman in, in that field is great for, for young women to look up to her or if she goes to career day and she says, my job is awesome, you know, I get to do all these great things. She doesn't say like that boastfully, right? She's saying that she loves her job. And if you want to do this type of stuff, don't let anything stop you from getting to that position. And uh, yeah, I just think it's a really cool topic to talk, talk about. One thing I might add is, is just to keep in mind too, so, so because I was the first female game biologist, I was also the first female game biologist that became a mother and all these other things in, in my career. And so it's been, it's been a challenge. I, I was joking when I was pregnant that I had that, the white flag in my back pocket. I wasn't sure I could do it all because you're, you're gone a lot and the job's very physical and all of that. But, but we've made it through. I've had a ton of support um, from all of the people I work with. And, and I've, I think I've proven that you can, you can get your job done you can be a mother, you can have all these responsibilities and still have a satisfying career that you're after. So I'd warn ladies to think about that because um, you are, you are gone a lot and it is uh, a lot of, there's, there's challenging times, but it's certainly satisfying when you can bring it all together. Exactly. And I think yeah. that will be, oh, what were you going to say, Mike? Well, I, I would just add to, to it, um, you know, getting a, a game biologist job, at, at least within the Nevada Department of Wildlife, is super competitive. So, you know, you're going to be applying for, for jobs and, and um, interviewing or, or basically competing with a lot of other people. Um, and, you know, to have the diversity that we do now in the game division is, is better. We, you know, we're better because we're more diverse and um, you know, we, we do, like we mentioned before, we have a, a female biologist in um, Battle Mountain, that's Sarah Hale, and we have Heather Reich, who handles bears. And so, um, you know, we would encourage anyone, but um, females, it's, it's traditionally been a male-dominated career, but having females get into it and, and um, uh, you know, become... Our, our counterparts is is exciting and and you know it's just great to have them so um, I think it makes us better to have everybody involved. Awesome good point and I am gonna leave off right there we'll be right back after this quick break you're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we have Game Division Administrator Mike Scott, and we also have one of our game biologists, Carrie Hubner, um, both joining us. We've talked a lot about Carrie's role in the department with it being Women's History Month, but it's also on Monday, it's the opening of the big game application period. So um, something really important to a lot of people right now, Carrie, part of your job, you talked a lot about your role at Endow, but part of your job is also um, setting seasons and quotas. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, so right now, um, the, the uh, job of a game biologist is extremely busy. Um, we're, we're spending time um, getting all our harvest metrics back from last hunting season, um, getting our flights done for spring, looking at, at what our fawn recruitments are, um, and we're trying to get all that data coalesced and, and put into models so that we can do quota recommendations and decide you know, how many tags are, are applicable to give out for certain species. So, so yeah, it's a, kind of our, our crunch time. We're the busiest probably as biologists in March and April, and it's, a, it's an exciting time. Um, another thing I've been involved with uh, as I'm being a biologist, but I also, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up into a hunting family. So I've been, I've been hunting and fishing and spending time outdoors, camping, all that, all my whole life. And um, recently there's been an opportunity, um, I'm not sure if very many people are aware, but just kind of going back to females being involved um, either in this career or in hunting, um, I've been teaching a ladies only hunter education class with uh, Julie Gabrielson up here in the Eastern region. And at first I wasn't sure that it was necessary to, to do a separate class. I thought that was uh, kind of different, but now that I've participated, it's been fantastic. I think there's a few women and new hunters that are just a little apprehensive to, to put their toes in the water there. And we've been doing this and, and the classes have been great. There's a lot of, lot of ladies that just didn't grow up with hunting in their family and have a desire to learn and, and get out there. And then, uh, as I mentioned, just even new hunters, um, it's been really exciting to be part of that as a hunter education instructor. So this time of year, normally we'd be having physical classes, but um, during this year of COVID, we've been doing most things online, but that's another thing that I've been working on this time of year. Yeah, I think it's, um, there's a lot of parallels here, right? Like, so you're trying to get people into the outdoors, you're, you know, you want more applicants for positions. It's all like, we're trying to break those barriers and, and get women excited about trying to get into conservation, whether that's hunting, fishing, hiking, becoming a biologist. Yeah, it's becoming easier and easier. You know, I mean, if I would say whether it's women or new hunters, that to you know, there's so much information that Nevada Department of Wildlife puts um, ahead of times. You know, there's all the harvest statistics and draw odds and all of that that you could just do as much homework as you can that we um, put on our, our website and is available to hunters and then. I'm, you know, another thing that I get to do pretty soon is, is after the application price, the phone really starts ringing and we talk to a lot of hunters and people need to feel free to reach out to their the game biologists in the area that they, that they draw so that they can, um, I mean, all of us biologists are excited to talk to people that are new to hunting and help them out, try and give them a good start of maybe where to go. Um, lots of people ask about best places to camp and get gas and all those things. We're very familiar with our areas and are happy to help people do that. So, so that's another rewarding part of the job is just trying to um, get excited about, about folks getting out there and enjoying the resource. Yeah, just this last week, we posted all the, the bonus point tables and the hunt statistics and the harvest by unit, all that to our website. And so we've been getting quite a few calls and social media, private messages, you know, asking questions already. And it's a really busy time for the Department of Wildlife. And so we're thankful to get you guys on to spend a little time talking about it. Yeah, and Carrie, you'd mentioned um, a lot of classes are now virtual. And I just wanted to throw out there that we do have a whole series this month of 
women-centric topics for our webinars if you check out our Facebook page, but also for everyone who's interested in applying for big game tags, we have um, how, it's a seminar called, I think we have seven different ones throughout the next few months called how to apply for big game tags. So you'll wanna check out all of the events on our Facebook page. There's a ton that could help people get started. So I encourage everyone to go there. And while we're on it, Mike, do you wanna, it's exciting. We have the big game application period opening on Monday. Do you want to talk about any any big changes people can expect this year? Yeah, um, you know, like Carrie said, it's a busy time, and and uh, we're we're getting ready to recommend quotas. Um, but you know, we have some new things this year. Um, we've we've increased the number of muzzleloader antelope hunts, and we actually started uh, a hunt this year, um, a bighorn archery hunt. And uh, there's some, you know, we have uh, increased areas that we're having spike elk hunts. Um, and, you know, we always have a, a fair number of, of cow elk hunts. But, um, you know, what we're trying to do is encourage people to use some primitive weapons. Um, you know, we can, we can put out archery tags where the success rates are lower. And so rather than having one rifle tag in the field, we could have two archery tags in the field. And, and it allows more people to participate without having a big impact on the resource just due to the lower success rates. And, and that's part of our way of thinking is, is we wanna build the sport, we wanna grow it, um, encourage more people to get involved and make it easier for them to draw a tag and get out in the field. Um, you know, we, we still have the, the same buck ratios, the same, uh, you know, ram ratios, things like that that we're trying to manage for, but um, if we can encourage more people to get involved and, and be able to participate, then, uh, you know, we're all better off. So um, that's one of our goals is to, is to include more, more people in the sport. Yeah, I like that Mike doesn't, he doesn't like tiptoe around it every time, you know, when I'm watching the commission, he says, I want to hunt more. Well, and I do, and, and one of the things I, I, I mentioned, and you know, this is a totally selfish thing. Um, you know, I've, in, my, in my life, I'm, I'm in my mid fifties, um, I've had nine deer tags in the state of Nevada. And you know, that's not enough. And I'm picky, I, I, I apply for the hardest areas um, with the lowest draw odds. And you know, there are a lot of people that will research all the draw odds, bonus point data information not like that. And they can pick an area that they want to hunt, depending on the state uh, or on the area of the state. Me, I know the area I want to hunt, and and I'm going to apply for that every single year, whether it's California sheep, whether it's desert sheep, elk, mule deer, whatever it is, antelope. Um, I apply for an area that I want to hunt, and it's it's just the place that I want to go. So um, there's different philosophies on on how to do it, and. Certainly, if, if people want to do the research and everything, they can find the better, you know, the, the good tags, the easier tags to draw. And, uh, you know, then you have the old dinosaurs like me that just want to go to the same place every year. So um, different philosophies, but uh, the information is out there if people want to do the research and, and find the, the easier areas to draw. And we encourage that. Yeah. And Carrie, how, how do you how do you strategize your application? You've been pretty successful over the years on getting... <laughs> and getting some nice animals 
Yeah, I really have. And, you know, I've really enjoyed the opportunities. Um, you know, I've been real fortunate. Uh, we've had some some great elk populations up here in northeast Nevada. And so between my husband and I that both hunt, um, we've been able to, to draw, been pretty successful at cow tags. And so, of course, with with cows, it's a little bit easier because they're um, you can just put in where the areas are where where you've got the most tags, and we're not scared. I had a um, mule, uh, and so I could get back into the wilderness areas, maybe where some people weren't willing to go. So if you're willing to hike and hunt hard, um, it's pretty easy to be successful. And I have been pretty fortunate to just I've been putting in so long that I've got a lot of points built up. So I've been able to draw some of those more coveted tags recently as well. So um, yeah, it's uh, we we research. Um, it's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, sometimes I'm putting in for the areas where the trophy quality is a little bit higher. I know I'm getting a lot of points, so I'm real careful where I put in. Other times we just want to make sure we get outside and go hunting. I have two young boys. And so that's become our, our real focus here now is um, putting in for those archery tags so that we can all just get out in the field and go hunting. Any other things? We have just a couple minutes left. Mike, anything else hunters should be aware of this year? Um, well, there are some some changes on the draw order um, <clears throat> where we're, we're drawing um, some of the specialty tags are, will be drawn first, whether it's PIW or, or Silver State um, junior deer tags. And then um, then we're, we draw the males first and then the females. And, and that's so that um, a lot of people that would prefer to uh, draw their, their male tag first, um, hunt a buck or a bull or a, you know, a ram and, and then um, draw the, the other ones after that and they would prefer to have the ram tag and not the u tag so um that's that's the draw order has changed this year um <clears throat> there's also the the second chance um uh first come first serve is a new thing this year where if somebody uh turns in a tag it used to be where we we weren't able to reallocate that tag to anybody but um with first first come first serve now we can um, even if the season has started, we can reallocate that tag and, and put that tag in somebody's hands just in case another person is not able to hunt that hunt. Yeah, the, the draw order, that came from hunters, right? That's not like, all right, that, that was the, the overwhelming voice that we heard as a department is that, why don't you guys draw the males first? Everybody wants to, to kill a ram before they kill a you. Not everyone, I shouldn't say that, but the majority want to kill a ram or a buck or a bull first and then have the chance at the opportunity stuff after. Yeah, that, that did come from hunters and, and uh, we just, it's one of those things that we listen to and, um, you know, we, we had those discussions within various committees and the commission and, and came up with that, that uh, decision. And um, I, I think the majority of people will prefer that. So I think the more, the most people will be happy with that. Yeah. That change. Yep. And then the, uh, the first come first serve changes. I mean, we might have to wait till the draw happens or get closer to the actual draw itself. And then we might have to come circle back on that because there's the seven day electronic tag return. And then there's the first come first serve. There's a whole bunch of other opportunities that people will have that will be fleshed out by then that 
I think we could do a whole podcast on just that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that is, that's a big subject for sure. Right? We already have, we're out of time, but we could keep talking about all this stuff. <laughs> but I appreciate both of you for being here. A lot of great information. So thank you both. Thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. And good luck to everybody filling out those applications. Yeah, good luck. Get on to endoutlicensing.com this Monday and start applying. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.